0: listening to the Tame and Crazy podcast with Alicia, Deb and Sue, where each week we'll share our views from the middle. We're talking the ups, the downs and everything in between of being a midlife woman in today's world. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Tame and Crazy podcast. I'm Alicia. I'm joined as usual by Deb and Sue. Hello, Deb and Sue.
1: Hello, Alicia and Deb. Hello, Sue and <laughs> Alicia.
0: Good girls, you're on form tonight.
1: It's still early. It is very early.
0: <laughs> it is early and I just realised that we're all in different time zones. That's right, we are. Mm-hmm. Deb's in Alberta today, so.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh.
0: so good for us for all being here at the right time. Yeah, mm-hmm. well done.
1: I'm pretty <laughs> proud of us right now.
0: You know, you've got to clap yourself on the back at every opportunity, I say.
1: You know, if we don't do it, who is?
0: (laughs) Nobody. (laughs) Nobody else will. Oh, dear. (laughs) Okay, so earlier this week the three of us were talking about an article in the HuffPost about Googling health symptoms. And we thought that would be kind of an interesting topic for tonight because, I mean, let's face it, we've all done it, right? Mm -hmm.
1: Just once.
0: Just once (laughs) or twice. The actual article suggests that 90% of us Google our symptoms way before we ever consider going to the doctor And mental health experts are now using the term cyberchondria to describe repeated compulsive internet searches for medical information. Now, I know the answer to this, but do you always Google your symptoms, girls?
1: Mostly, yes. Yes, just in case. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and it's easy to do, that's the thing. We're carrying little computers around with us all the time. Well, except you who got a new phone today and doesn't know how to use it. But still, (laughs) (laughs) usually we can easily plug in into the old Google machine what what we want to know. So it's easy to do that, right?
1: Well, you see, I've got a long history of doing this. This goes back for me, like pre-Google. You know, you're going to have to be of a certain age to understand this. But in our house, we had the Family Health Guide. And, and I used to look at that. So at a, I think I was about 12 when I diagnosed myself correctly with chickenpox. pox. Um, you know, there were a few giveaways there. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> what were those, Sue? The bright spots that you had all over yourself? The bright spots, <laughs> the, the itching. It was driving me insane. Yes. <laughs> so I walked down to the, the kitchen, because like, I, I took it up to my bedroom just to check in secret, and uh, went downstairs and announced to my mum, well, I think I've got chicken pox. I should probably go and see the doctor.
0: <laughs> I'd never thought about that, Sue, but you are right. We, we've we had medical dictionaries and encyclopedias around for a long time.
1: Yeah, I yeah. mean, because I think every family had some sort a family health guide for just that reason, so that you knew when you should be a little bit concerned.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: And Google makes it a lot easier. Other search Hmm. engines are available.
0: Yes, yes. (laughs) I, I just think it's just so easy to do. And I read a article this morning that said that many physicians spend more time explaining to people what they don't have than what they do have because because I guess we're all googling something and going into a doctor and saying I think I have this mm-hmm.
1: and it's never simple is it you know no. it, it's always something that's gonna have some sort of tragic outcome yes i like when was the last time you googled something and it was like oh this is really simple it, it's <laughs> yeah. never yeah. simple <laughs>
0: No. Well, I mean, it depends on who's doing the Googling, I suppose. And I think, I mean, all three of us are big believers in knowledge is power. But, and this is a great big juicy but, you have to get your knowledge from the right places.
1: Yes. You
0: know, and that's not usually Facebook. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, now I usually go to like WebMD or the Mayo Clinic. They have really good sites. But you know, sometimes you just put it in the old Google, and mm-hmm. that's when you run into trouble. I think. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. Yeah. And one, you know, I mean, this is kind of, I guess, the advantage of working in healthcare. You know that the health authority has tools available that you can use, and it it does give you information. So I try to start there. I don't always stay there. Because sometimes yeah. I think, oh, well, it could be that, but I should probably see what else it might be.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and there is a big advantage to working in healthcare, Sue. You know, you do have, you, you kind of know where to go to get hmm. the right information.
1: Yeah. And I know that, you know, it is one of those things that, you know, over the years that there has been work done on, on trying to to improve these things and, you know, increase uptake and make them more user friendly and everything. But when Google is, you know, you have to go to Google before you get to that, unless you've got it bookmarked, you've got to go to Google or something else first. And so why wouldn't you just type it in there?
0: Google is the gatekeeper, I just realized. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: To a lot of trouble.
0: (laughs) Yes. Well, and I think the biggest problem with looking for health information on the internet is that It's easy to get lost in the misinformation because if you just Google something, it's not always the right information or the trusted information that actually shows up first in the search, right? And sometimes we don't look at the source of the information, which is what we should be looking at because Google just tries to, you know, match your question with an answer and that could come from anywhere.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the fact that you start typing something in and it auto, you know, it gives you lots of different options, like you were saying. It's like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Maybe I should look at that (laughs) one first because it's at the top of the list.
0: (laughs) Because because everybody's Googling that. What do they know that I don't? (laughs) When we came up with this topic, I thought to myself,
2: oh my gosh, I can just imagine the never ended. Going down the rabbit hole that you two must do when it comes to this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I thought that, yeah. I mean, where does it end? It really doesn't.
1: (laughs) So how much time did you spend laughing at us in advance of tonight? Oh, quite a bit. Quite a bit.
0: Oh, Deb, come on now. You you have to say, you've you've probably fallen into one or two rabbit holes. I mean they're probably shallow round. Very shallow. <laughs>
2: you know, I dip my toe in and I'm like, ah oh, no. I, I think I need to exit out of here.
0: <laughs> well, you're probably the smart one, but I, yeah. I don't want that going to your head. No,
1: no. Well we'll slap <laughs> that down right away. So <laughs> so are you telling me because I, I just want to check because yeah. I, I don't think I'm the only person that does this that you'll see something and you'll go, ooh, that sounds interesting, I should look at that, and kind of skip to another symptom that you don't necessarily have, but it's worth knowing about just in case.
2: Mm,
0: I don't do that, no. (laughs) (laughs) She really is no fun, (laughs) Sue.
1: That's where you find the good stuff. Oh, Oh, I can imagine, yes.
0: That's no. okay, Sue. So I usually uh, tell her all the stuff I found, so she's, she's usually informed. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: I'm going to start doing it now. I'm like, Deb, did you know if you've got this? It could be this, but it could be this. And if you've also got this, then it's definitely not that. It's this.
2: Well, I see, you know, there's there's 10 symptoms and, you know, there might be one or two that I have and I'm like the rest I don't. Okay, done. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I can end it right there. I'm going to live. <laughs>
1: say one of the things actually is you know when as you're kind of entering perimenopause and you start thinking about it and it's like oh this couldn't possibly be a symptom and that list of symptom comes up and it's like wow I've had that 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 then a couple of weeks later I've had that 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 oh
0: exactly Sue and I I think perimenopause is the one where everybody kind of google symptoms because yeah.
2: Yeah. you
0: have no idea and it doesn't always lead to perimenopause right no right
1: no. You I know? honestly thought that menopause was really just hot flashes yes
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes and then I saw night sweats I'm like oh okay that's two things yeah. but that's over 40 so it's like when I discovered that is when I had that burning tongue syndrome and I'm like who the heck, where is this from? Mm -hmm. And it took me forever to search and it actually ended up being a symptom of perimenopause. I'm like, how would I ever have known that without going down that rabbit hole? Deb.
2: (laughs) 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 There you go, that one is very true, yes.
0: Yeah, you'll have to give me that one.
2: I I definitely (laughs) will.
0: And I think this COVID-19 epidemic is a great example of how misinformation travels so quickly right Mm -hmm. because you know instead of looking at trusted scientific and factual websites people saw something that popped up on their social media and that someone then shared that with someone they know and perhaps it wasn't true but because it came from somebody they knew they didn't question it Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. you know it just got shared around yeah you know i i think that became very problematic.
1: Mm-hmm. And very quickly. Yes. Like, that's I think right. that's, that was the amazing thing about it, is how quickly that all took off. Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, it, it was problematic because there was, you know, everybody was reporting on it all the time. And it was kind of, it filled every single channel 24 hours a day. And so you went looking for information and it was just completely overwhelming. As to where you should get the information from
0: mm-hmm. Yeah
1: And then it was like okay so if I've got this and this Then there's a good chance And then you know the list seems to get a little bit longer And it's like is that really it Or is it not
2: Yeah and plus during that time You know you couldn't go see a doctor right It was all mm-hmm. online That can get your imagination As we know going as well mm-hmm. So where yeah. does that end I mean yeah it's right
1: Yeah Because I remember when it first started, because actually it's about this time two years ago, isn't it? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. And yeah, because I remember this is about the time when we got sent home from the office. Yeah. And in Alberta, this time of year, my allergies really started to get going. So I remember sitting at my desk and I'm going, I'm pretty sure this is allergies. And, you know, I kept getting those side eyes and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go home. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like, yes I can't guarantee it so I actually did kind of isolate myself and I did go in and have a test and they were like yeah it's probably allergies had a lot of people like that coming through
0: <laughs> yeah there were so many unknowns right of what the symptoms were and they were yeah. symptoms they were listing were what we have all the time you know the sniffles yeah. the headaches the And then when they started saying, oh, you might lose your taste and your smell, I'm like, oh, okay, well, those are really good indicators. Yeah. But then as each kind of surge came, or what do you call it, each... um,
1: Each of the waves.
0: The waves. The symptoms tended to change a little bit too. Yes. You know, I guess we can't blame people for trying to search these things online. But, you know, the biggest problem with Googling those kind of things and not going to a credible medical website first is the fact that anyone can publish online content. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. search engines basically does its best to match your question with an answer, but it doesn't really differentiate between a reputable site or someone's personal blog, which may be entirely inaccurate. Mm hmm. So, you know, there lies the problem. And I I know they're trying to figure it all out, but anybody can put content on on the internet Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what it is. As we know, there's lots of misinformation and lots of disinformation, which is a word I've been hearing a lot about lately. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) And, you know, I think Facebook, I mean, you know, I, I dread to think now how many years I've been on Facebook but for me, it is mainly a way to kind of keep in touch with the folks back in the UK. Yeah. And, you know, friends in Australia and, and this, that and the other. And that's kind of predominantly why I used it. But, you know, at the same time, you see these things filtering through and it's like, oh, you, you know, take three jumps at the cupboard door and that's going to help you. It's like, how? Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. I, there's a lot of it and I'm just like, Why are people thinking or not thinking, I suppose? How would that possibly work? How does that make any sense? And it's not about having any sort of training. It's just common sense.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: That's what boggles my mind.
0: Yeah. And I think it depends on the generation, isn't it? Because I know our parents age, they quite often go to Facebook for certain things, Whereas our kids' generation, you know, they may be more inclined to do the YouTube or yeah. TikTok or whatever else is out there now that I'm decided not to even bother looking <laughs> at. But I think that becomes even more problematic because, you know, at least if perhaps you're Googling something, there's a good chance that a, you know, WebMD might pop up. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to YouTube or TikTok or anything like that, where are you getting your information from? Like that's yeah, that's scary. And maybe I'm showing my age a little bit, but you know, I think how many doctors are on TikTok and YouTube or, or reputable ones anyway? I should say yeah. because yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. that might
0: be the <laughs>
1: <laughs> well. I mean, there is so much information. Like it's. And I know that there was a a big group of doctors, that, and I I struggle to remember the name, but they did set something up where they were trying to get the health information out. So it's in kind of short videos. It was in, you know, little infographics, you know, really bite-sized, good information. And it was basically designed for sharing. And it was all about COVID. It was kind of COVID that spurred it. And it it was really useful. And I know I shared some things and people were like, hmm, Uh, I I don't know how to respond to that. This is coming from well-respected experts in their field. And you think that your mate that sells essential oils knows better.
0: That's the way of the world right now, Sue, though, Mm -hmm. isn't it? I mean, that's the scary thing. I read somewhere that Wikipedia is one of the most popular websites for medical information, which is terrifying because anyone can write and edit Wikipedia articles. Yes, yeah. And they don't have many policies in place to prevent misinformation. So that is really scary. And it also said that 9 out of 10 articles on the top search conditions like coronary heart disease, depression, diabetes, and even lung cancer weren't even up to date with today's research Mm -hmm. considering anyone can write publish and edit those articles I mean that's really scary Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah so the one that I was thinking of is science up first
0: oh okay we'll have to put that in our notes
1: yeah so they they're really good and kind of just looking you know very quickly as I do as we're chatting you know they have things in there like Don't ignore your regular healthcare needs and, you know, why are people missing appointments and stuff about vaccine hesitancy and routine immunizations and, you know, the important stuff that keeps on going, even though we've been in this pandemic for the past two years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's good stuff. I like it.
0: Okay. Well, we'll definitely share that then, Sue. Mm -hmm. We'll share something good on social media. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But having said that, actually searching reputable medical sites for symptoms can send you down a rabbit hole. And when you emerge, you're suddenly diagnosed yourself with several diseases mm-hmm. and conditions. Mm-hmm. Sue, so I know you can you can relate to that. Deb, not so much. <laughs> no. uh, <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had the, you know, the bubonic plague several times, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It starts off as a sniffle and you start Googling that. And then, like I say, it's the bubonic plague. It's it's <laughs> only a couple of steps.
0: For myself, when I Google things, I actually end up trying to fix myself. That's my biggest mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Is, is It's like, okay, I have this. What can I do to fix it? Mm-hmm. Which is also problematic, by the way, because essential oils do not cure everything people
1: no they really don't no No. and I would like to tell you that putting lemon oil behind your ear because you got really bad earache it's not going to do anything
0: (laughs) no 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 I'm
1: not telling you how we know that
0: no I'm not going to (laughs) ask
1: but at the same time having said that that does remind me at the time I was in a lot of pain and my migraines were really bad. And One of my sort of things that kind of comes for me, not now actually, not now that I've moved to Nova Scotia, but in Alberta, my ears got really, really, really sore. And somebody said, if you have earache, some lemon essential oil behind the ear will help. So I was like, what have I got to lose?
0: Well, there comes a point where you'll try anything, yes. which is not the greatest thing to say or do, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies
1: to my doctor. I don't think I told you that when I went to eventually see you.
0: (laughs) And see even what you just said. So you said, well, somebody told me that if I did this, Mm -hmm. it would cure this. Yeah. And see that where we are right now. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's why you need a good doctor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: And I think we've seen like similar, Sort of things with the dental clinic, you know, when somebody has a toothache, oh. the home remedies that they come up with is just unbelievable
1: sometimes. Yes. I dread to think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Although I will say that there are times when Googling health symptoms can be helpful and mm-hmm. quite often be the reason why we seek medical treatment in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that there
1: is that. It's one of those things. It's kind of a fine line, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. usually you are Googling because you are, con- you are concerned about something. Yeah. And, you know, not everybody will take it to the extent that we do and, and go down lots of different rabbit holes. I'm sure lots of people go, oh, that looks like something I should probably go and get seen. But other people will just think they can treat it at home and kind of put it off and put it off and put it off. And that that's when the you know there's big risks of things getting to the stage where you need more treatment
0: yeah and I struggle with that thing you know is this something I want to bother my doctor with Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. quite often I think well this isn't really is this something I should be concerned about you know is this pain is this ache is this something Mm -hmm. so that's when you kind of look for you know, a little more of the home remedy stuff, Mm -hmm. I think. So Mm -hmm. it is a fine line, really, of knowing, you know, what to do, really. Yes. So I do want to say that before we go any further, I do want to define what cyberchondria is, because it is an actual clinical reference that can be problematic for many people. So I don't want to make light of it. And the psychiatry section of the National Center for Biotechnology Information, they define it as the clinical phenomenon in which repeated internet searches regarding medical information result in excessive concerns about physical health. Cyberchondria is positively associated with symptoms of health anxiety, though it remains unclear as to whether cyberchondria poses a unique public burden so I just wanted to put that out there and say that there are some people people that deal with that and it is a big thing and it has to do with health anxiety but what we're talking about is just plain old googling
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah. do you have any good experiences with googling your symptoms
1: I think perimenopause is the best example yeah Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because if it hadn't been for google And for social media, I would not have gone to see my doctor when I did. And I wouldn't have discovered that there's thousands of people out there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, all, all trying to kind of, it's more than thousands probably. But, you know, trying to improve the situation and kind of spreading the good information that we need and kind of having the conversations that we need to kind of make you think, well, it, it is okay to kind of check into this. I'm not, you know, because we, we've spoken before about it, like that feeling of being, you know, you're, you're kind of out of control and everything's a bit foggy and you're not sleeping and you feel like absolute crap. And so you do start wondering, like, it it must just be me. You know, these can't possibly all be connected. And you start Googling, you start reading people's stories, you start looking at you know, some more credible sites, and you go, wow, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it can be sorted. I'm not going to feel like this forever. And
0: yeah. it does make you feel like you're not alone.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Or no. that you're going crazy. Mm-hmm. And having said that, Sue, I did read that one of the top search symptoms in Google is lack of sleep. Uh... Oh, interesting! Yeah. It is interesting, uh-huh. but it's not really surprising, is it? Really? No, because yeah. yeah. everybody you talk to it says, "I'm not sleeping," or mm-hmm. "I'm exhausted," or "I'm tired," or whatever. Yeah. So that's interesting. How about you, Deb? Do you have any positive experiences? I can't think of one incident. I think the the
2: perimenopause. I think that's the best example. But I have, you know, looked up things and then realized. I definitely know I don't have that you know you know I haven't gone down the path of okay yes I definitely have this I'm usually I don't even have to go you know halfway in and I realize this isn't isn't a thing Mm -hmm. so I can't think of an incident you know one specific thing
0: yeah it isn't something that I do obsess about Mm -hmm. when it comes to health things like because I'm afraid to actually find out the truth quite often so maybe that's stops me from getting too deep yeah Mm -hmm. because I think oh my god what if it is this I don't want to know so let's just back out of this hole right now Mm -hmm. and see what happens you know (laughs) yeah and I'm not a person that really wants to go to see the doctor so yeah I'm not very good about that so I will try to fix myself I mean I will draw the line at surgery but (laughs) other than that that, I'm fixing myself I actually do have a positive experience with googling this actually happened well I don't know if google was around then but anyway uh, the internet was Uh, So years ago, I ended up in the emergency room in severe abdominal pain, and it was really bad. They ran a bunch of tests, took x-rays, couldn't find anything wrong with me at all. So sent me home with some painkillers. I mean, I was vomiting. I, I was in severe pain. Anyway, the next day I was back at emergency and the pain was unbearable. And I actually thought that I was dying. It was that bad. And I'm not exaggerating. So they ran every test, more x-rays. They put in the stomach tube and they were pumping out my stomach. I was on IV morphine. It was hell until the morphine kicked in then it wasn't quite so bad. <laughs> but the doctor, the emergency doctor who admitted me, couldn't figure it out. And he came by every single day and he just didn't know what it was. So by about the fifth day in the hospital, my husband and I went into an area of the hospital where you could use the computer. This was before smartphones, like just when phones were just phones. So we were on the internet. And after a few days of searches, we found something that had the exact symptoms as I had had. And there was no doubt in my mind what it was. So when the doctor came by the next day, I told him I was 99% sure that I had abdominal, abdominable, abdominable, what's that? (laughs) Abdominal adhesions. And the doctor said, no, I don't think so. Adhesions don't uh, develop that quickly because I had undergone surgery five months earlier. Anyway, that's exactly what it ended up being. And if you don't know what adhesions are, it's scar tissue from surgery. And quite often, it can become really bad when it ended up strangling my small intestine. Ouch. Mm -hmm. Yes. A lot of pain. But I did feel a little vindicated, you know, when I later found out that's what it was. But I mean, to be fair to the doctor, it is really something that's difficult to diagnose because it doesn't show up in blood tests or x-rays or ultrasounds or even MRIs, right? So doctors Mm -hmm. tend to rule out everything else before Mm -hmm. they look at adhesions. And I had never heard of adhesions until I had started Googling it. Mm -hmm. So I felt good about that. Um, I don't know if my doctor felt good about it, but... At least I had an answer. And, you know, once you have an answer to your pain, it comes a little bit bear- more bearable.
1: Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I mean, that that's a, a really good example of sometimes Googling or doing a search kind of gives you the words to explain things that you don't really know how to explain otherwise. Yes. So it could be, you know, like, If you go in with abdominal pain and they ask you how the pain feels and it's like, well, I don't know. It's kind of like this, kind of like this. And they'll, they'll, you know, they will try to give you the words to explain it. But sometimes if you Google it, it's like, no, it's not that, it's that. And it kind of prepares you for some of the questions you might get asked.
0: Absolutely. I printed it off, Sue. Like yeah. it was it was exactly what I was experiencing. And I thought, well, I couldn't explain that. But here is what it is, yeah. you know, with pictures yeah. and everything like da-da-da-da. it was like a PowerPoint presentation from my doctor, <laughs> which I'm sure he appreciated <laughs> very much.
1: But, you know, probably did because it takes some of their guesswork out of it.
0: Mm hmm. And to be honest, you know, when you have pain in your abdomen, it could be so many things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I think they look at the common things that it could be. Mm -hmm. And plus, I mean, it's the emergency room, right? I mean, they're trying to diagnose you as quickly as possible. But if I had known more about the side effects of surgery, I probably would have figured it out a lot sooner. But I was there for like 12 days. Mm hmm. I did lose weight, but I don't recommend that diet at all. Yeah, it's
1: fairly extreme. <laughs> it
0: It is. It is. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything else to share about Googling health symptoms?
1: I think if you find somewhere that has good information, that is reliable, I must admit, I tend to stick with Canadian stuff or National Health Service, UK NHS stuff. I know that's where I'm going to get high quality information. Yeah. You know, look for balanced information. If something's telling you a big scare story, then it, it's probably not the place to be. Yeah, And if it's using a lot of jargon as well, probably not a good place for you to be.
0: Yeah. Or offering quick fixes. I, yes. I think there's a lot of people out there writing articles, medical articles that do have doctor in their name, but they're not all
1: what they should be.
0: (laughs) Yes. I'm trying to find the right words and trying to be politically correct, but.
1: Yeah, I don't think I was very grammatically correct, but you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, just because it says doctor so-and-so doesn't mean that they're giving you medical advice that you should follow.
1: Yes, and I think there's a few doctors that I do follow that would say, if they are trying to sell you a supplement, run away.
0: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. When my husband was diagnosed with cancer last year, the oncologist said that. He said, do not Google it. Mm-hmm. Here is some websites to go to for all the information you need. And they give you, you know, booklets and pamphlets and websites to go to and everything. But they said, please don't Google it because, oh, my goodness, I was tempted to Google things. But then I thought this could be very scary.
1: Yeah. And if you go and see your doctor or a nurse practitioner or, you know, a pharmacist as well, they will give you reputable places to go. Yeah, they they Mm -hmm. won't let you kind of circle the snake oil salespeople.
0: Yeah, we all don't think before we put something into Google, right? I mean, quite often I don't. And I'm like, oh, what's this? Why this? And like you said, the drop down menu comes and you're like, oh, lots of people have Googled this. Let's see what Uh this is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we all do it. Yeah. So I'm, I don't want to sound like I'm like, oh, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, because I do it too. But I think what we have to do is step back a little bit and go, okay, let's not take this as factual and scientific. Let's, mm-hmm. let's look at some other sources for information. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Deb, do you want to add anything? Well, no,
2: I think your, girl, your girls uh, hit it spot on. I think it's very tricky and it is very difficult you know, not to go down the wrong the wrong path and um, jump on that bandwagon. But like you say, you've got to look at the facts. You've got to, you know, look for articles with clinical backups, but it is hard to do.
0: I mean, I, like, we've all done it.
1: Oh, yeah. And we'll continue doing it, let's be honest.
0: We will. And having said that too, I just popped into my head that there are some symptoms that people have that aren't easily explained mm-hmm. or diagnosed and i know you know one of the things like lupus like it's very hard to diagnose something like that mm-hmm. so people will search online and th- there's a few conditions that are difficult that doctors don't even diagnose right away mm-hmm. so yeah. i can understand why people would be searching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because let's let's be honest, I mean, there, there's sometimes when we are dealing with certain things that we think we're going crazy, mm-hmm. it's nice to know that you're not going insane. Because I think one of the things with perimenopause is, you know, forgetting things, forgetting words, and you think, okay, is this, you know, early onset Alzheimer's? So you start mm-hmm. Googling that, you know, and that can scare the bejesus out of you. Mm-hmm. So th- there's a fine line, I guess what I'm saying is you, you've kind of don't read too much into what you're reading, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. And if
1: you are, if you know, if it's a concern, go and get it checked out. Your doctor would rather you kind of got it checked out rather than wait too long for some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And that's true. People do wait too long before they mm-hmm. go to their doctor. And it's quite often that's something serious and it didn't need to get that far if you'd gone to the doctor earlier. So, exactly. yeah. Oh, gosh. Basically, we're a mess. Us humans are a mess, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Well, I guess we'll call it a night on that then. Yeah, sounds good. Good chat, girls. Stay safe. And until next time, bye for now. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Before you go, we legally have to tell you that all the opinions and information we share on this podcast is based on our own personal experiences and should never be taken as professional advice. We may sometimes sound like we know what we're talking about, but the Tame and Crazy podcast is for entertainment purposes only, so please consult with a qualified professional for any and all health advice. Thanks for listening. Bye.